Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Would go with me in your Bibles tonight to the first book of Corinthians. Um, pastors in Ocala tonight. Um, is that the Spanish service tonight they have tonight? Is that something else? Anyway, I thought that was it. Okay. Forget that. Take that out to take. That ain't that sort of thing. But I go to your uh, Bibles in 1 Corinthians. As was customary, uh, Paul opens his letter with a greeting or uh, salutation. This conforms to the, the normal pattern for personal letters written during the Greco-Roman era. A greeting of this type would contain the name of the sender of the letter, joined with on occasion by a short description, uh, the name of the intended recipients of this letter tonight. The intended recipient of this letter, of course, is the, to the Church of Corinth. And the sender is Paul, who describes himself in the first verse as an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. I'm going to pull my title tonight from that last part of that verse, or the middle part of that second verse, rather, called to be saints. Called to be saints. If you put your Bibles down and just pray with me tonight, Lord, has, has, help us tonight to receive this, God. We are called to be saints, God, and help us to understand that assignment that's been thrown on us or put on us, Lord. I'm asking you, God, to help me deliver this word in the way you gave it to me, Lord. Help me have the right spirit, God, the right delivery, Lord. And give us ears to hear this and receive it and respond in the way the way you would want us to respond. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I feel a, I hear an echo in this mic. I don't know if y'all hear it, but I do. Praise God. Called to be saints. Paul's real name is Saul. His parents most likely named him after King Saul, a man that was head and shoulders taller than any other man. It seems that Paul's parents had great hopes for him when he was born. Saul was the tallest of all Israelites, but uh, Paul changes his name. Some say because Saul in the Greek language is feminine. <laughs> Maybe... Uh, Sounded more like Sally, I don't know. But so he changed his name or 
they gave him a nickname, Paul, which means tiny. There's a 95% chance, scholars say, that he was about five foot tall. Paul, brother tiny. Brother tiny, brother shorty. Though Paul places his name at the opening of the letter, he hastens or quickly acknowledges that Jesus Christ sent him and that Jesus Christ deserves immediate recognition. Paul, who identifies himself to the Romans as a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, who later said he was born, uh, born, out, of, uh, born out of due time, meaning he was different from those who walked with Christ before the crucifixion. In other words, he didn't have a personal relationship with God uh, uh, like they did, but he, had, he did meet him. Um, he lacked that, that experience having walked with Christ during his earthly ministry. Paul goes on to call himself the least of the apostles. He is saying that he doesn't deserve this title, this office. The man who wrote most of the New Testament seems to understand that he's just a vessel of God. That the titles uh, just don't mean anything to God. When you follow Paul through his letters, you will see a descending, a decreasing if you will, of Paul, his, his first, uh, he's first a servant of a po- apostle of Jesus Christ. Then later he says he's the least of this title. I'm the least of this. Then he describes himself to Philemon as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And then in his pastoral epistle to Timothy, believed to be his last letters, letters uh, says in the first chapter that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I, Paul, am chief. Uh, He's not saying he's no longer a sinner, but when he was a sinner, he was chief sinner. There was none more sinner than he was. He said, but I obtained mercy because I did it uh, uh, ignorantly in unbelief. His understanding, Paul understood his calling and that he was just a servant of God, Brother Williams. No more, no less. I'm just a servant of God. I'm just a saint of God. That's it. I am what I am. It's nothing, anything by my own power. I can do nothing of myself. Any gifts or talents I have come from him anyway. Without God, I'm a sinner. But by his grace, I am set free. I no longer walk the way I used to walk. I I no longer talk the way I used to talk. I no longer indulge in the things I used to indulge in. I no longer possess the same desires as I used to possess. I no longer have that same response that I used to have about those things that that used to just stir me up, that I used to be so passionate about. I I have a new passion now. Amen. My affections have changed. The Beatitudes in Matthew is the first teaching material that deals with the ethics of the kingdom of God. When you read it in Luke, uh, well, I'll get into that in just a second. In Matthew 4, his title, uh, he starts out with repent for the kingdom is at hand. And then in chapter 5, he goes to greater detail in that the, the repentant lifestyle, that, 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 that soul after he repents, his lifestyle, his model should change. What the new character should look like, he should look a little different after he's repented. He should look a little different. He should walk a little different. Luke 4.1 reads, 
and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days being tempted of the devil. But after they were ended, he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And when he came to Nazareth where he was raised, he went into the synagogue and they handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus opened the book and he read, the Spirit is the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He then closes the book. Actually, this is, when you read it in Isaiah, this is not the end of the verse, it, 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 but Jesus ends it there. And actually, it was rude to close up the book in those days and not finish reading out what the scripture said. But he closed it right there because the rest of that book talks about the vengeance of the Lord and judgment and all of that. But Jesus closed it here and said, I'm not here for that now. We're going to get, not going to get into that tonight, but just to, just to note that. That's why he closed the book there. He stops. He goes out after this and chooses 12 disciples and he takes them up into a mountain and he sits down as was the custom for Jewish leaders when they would teach their disciples. They would sit to expound the word and their students would gather around their feet. So here's the 12 new students and as you can imagine, they were excited, wondering what is this Jesus going to tell us? This is, you know, this is going to be good. They're, you know, this is an experience. I mean, this is going to be something. And he starts speaking literature like, happier those, for they shall. I mean, he's really getting in some language they'd never heard before, saying these are the blessings of the kingdom of God. What? His idea of blessings just don't line up with their idea of what a blessing is. This, this, they're thinking like maybe, I thought, I thought maybe when he's talking about blessing, he was going to give us a new ship boat, a new shrimp boat. I, I need a new, I need a new boat. I need some new nets. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. What kind of kingdom is this? I mean, what is, what did they just step into? What did we get ourselves into? What, what kind of talk is this? Like telling the kids something that doesn't make sense to them yet. I, we got Brantley with us all the time and we're trying to teach him things and he just don't understand. Amanda, he picked up a pen or, uh, that her grandmother gave her and the, the back of it fell out. She has him around before church. Where did you lose this? He don't know. He has no idea, but she's determined and to, to, for him to find it. He don't. She finds it, but anyway, she's trying to get him to understand. Amen. That's us coming into this. When we're new, we, God's trying to get us to understand some things that we don't quite understand. Praise God. Like in Luke 5 when he told Peter to launch out into the deep after they had toiled all night. Peter basically says in his mind, I mean, he's, he's sitting there and they've been toiling all night and they've mending their nets now in some other Gospels, they're, 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 that's what they say. They're mending their nets. That means they're, they've torn, they're, they're ripped. So they're tying them back together. And, and this man comes up and, and says, uh, you know, won't you launch out into the deep? 
Now in his mind, he's thinking, listen, I've been at this all night. We've been at this all night, you know. But you ever ask somebody to come to church Sunday? You ask somebody they need a Bible study? They want a Bible study? They're, a lot of times their flesh is wanting to rise up and say, I don't need none of that. I don't need that. But every now and then you're going to get somebody with the spirit that says, okay, all right, I will. And that was Peter. when he, After he told him he told all night, I'm sure he's thinking in his mind he wanted to say some other things, but he said, you know what? Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll cast out into the deep. Praise God. I mean, you, we have to get to a place where we just respond. We may not know what's getting ready to happen, but we just need to respond. Amen? Praise God. Don't stop whoever you're dealing with, whoever you're witnessing to. Don't stop because one day they're going to say, nevertheless, I'll come Sunday. I'll be there. Nevertheless, I, I, I'm not going to sit here in this pew no longer. I'm going to go on to the altar. I'm going to see what this thing's about. I'm going, to, I'm going to repent of my sins today. Nevertheless, today, I'm going to go see about this thing. Amen. Let's clap our hands. I just feel, I feel the Holy Ghost moving tonight. So here they are. And Jesus starts saying things. We got to... We're going to go further now. Now they're on the mountain. And this is when he's sitting down. And he starts to tell them some things. And he starts saying things like, Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are they which, do, which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Then he says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Not just a little bit glad, but exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Now, they had never heard this kind of teaching before. This is very strange. This is very odd. But I'm here to tell you tonight, I know we get pulled and, 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 and just and tugged on by the Lord, but we're called to be saints. That's just part of it. We're going to be pulled and we're going to be pushed and we're going to be nudged to pray a little longer. We're going to be pushed to fast a little longer. We just because that's what it's all about. It's, 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 it's what we're doing. It's what we're called to do. We're called to be saints. And being saints is not just sitting in a pew. Praise God. We're called to be meek and lowly. We're called to be like-minded. We're called to be of one accord, of one mind. We're called to be perfectly joined together. We're called to be blameless. We're called to walk as dear children. We're called to be obedient. We're called to be available. We're called to be active and we're called to be present. Thank you, glad that you're present tonight. Who knows what can happen tonight? Praise God. I'm glad I wasn't absent Sunday. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just want to tell you, though, that God is not concerned, though, about the things that we do. God's not concerned about how good a preacher you are. Or how good you can sing. He's not. He's not concerned about that at all. But he is concerned about what your prayer life is like. He's concerned about that. 
Hallelujah. He's not concerned about any of the titles, any of the gifts he gave you. But he's, he's, he's concerned about how long you linger in prayer with him. He's concerned about whether or not you're praying long enough. Well, I just didn't feel him today. Well, you should have stayed a little longer. I know that don't sound good, but he's there. He's not somewhere else. He's there. Amen. It's not, it's not just the understanding of hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, but that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Hallelujah. It's not just the understanding of the oneness of God. It's understanding what, where's your heart at. Hallelujah. We know that the, the, the foundation is built upon the oneness of God. He told Peter, I'm going to give, because of this revelation, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But Peter, that's not all. That's not all. That's not going to sustain you. The devils also believe in one devil. That's not going to sustain you. He's concerned about my affections. He's, just, he's concerned about my desires. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his affections, his desire is in the law of the Lord and that's what he's concerned about, saint of God. He's, just, he's concerned about where your affections are. Not what you can understand in the Bible, but where your love is. Where, where's your love? Where's your top of mind? What's on top of mind today? Am I first today? Am I the first thing you, or the first one you call on when you wake up in the morning? He's worried about that. Amen? Praise God. In Ezekiel 47, he talks about waters that are, they were first ankle deep. And as you, as you went a little further, they were knee deep. And then he goes on into deeper waters that were to the waist or loins. And after they, they were waters to swim in, waters that were just too much to pass over. The deeper the waters are, the darker that they get. You ever been in the Swanee? We, we jumped off in the Swanee several times. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm just too scared to do that now. You know, I, we didn't believe gators would get you back then, but I believe they would. I, I'm sorry. Then I didn't believe that, but now I believe that they would. I just believe they would. I don't know. But you're not going to catch Larry at this age swimming in the Swanee or the Santa Fe. It's just too dark. I can't see what's around me. But the deeper you go with God, the darker it gets. The deeper you allow God to take you, the more darkness you will face. Because there are creatures in the deep that are not in the shallow waters. There are blessings in the deep that are not are in the that not are in the shallow water. The deeper you go, the more danger you're going to experience. Because the deeper you go with God, the more dependent of Him you are. And you're no longer able to maintain with your understanding. You're no longer able to make it on your wisdom. But now it's the glory of God and He alone that sustains you. God is wanting to, to strip us uh, 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 from our abilities. He wants to, us to be totally dependent on Him. It's no longer by our might or 
or, or, or our power or what we can do, but it's, it, he wants us to be just com- completely dependent on his spirit and his understanding that will lead us. And I'm here to tell you, I've learned that you'll never be as so as alone. I know this sounds, might sound a little crazy, but you'll never be so alone as you are when it's just you and God. Right? Come on, somebody that knows what I'm talking about here. I know I'm not the only one. When it's just you and God, there's a loneliness that can come over you. Amen? And that's where he wants you to be, where it's just you and him. He wants to take you to that place. Praise God, because there's some things that, that needs to come out of you, that needs to come, out, come to the surface. Paul said in first, or Second Corinthians rather, 12, Starting with verse 6, he said, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. He's saying, I don't want anybody to think I'm, I'm above of what I am, because I am what I am by the grace of God. That's it. It's not by my might. That's what Paul said. Don't get all because I preached at conference. Or because I did this. Don't, no, 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 no. I am what I am. And those men, I'm here to tell you, Brother David, Bernard, and all them, they look great. On, on, and they, and you, we should respect them. But when you dig deeper and read their books or hear their stories, these are men that went deep, deep with God. Still go deep, deep with God. That's why they are where they are. That's what Paul's saying. Wait a minute. I want you to understand something. I'm not just a seventh PhD. That's what they think Paul would, would, would equivalent today. Is he was so smart that he would equivalent to, be equivalent today as somebody maybe having seven PhDs. But Paul said, no, no, don't, don't get caught up in that. I'm just Paul. I'm just a, a, a saint of God. I, I'm nothing more than that. So don't think of me more than that, lest I should be exalted above measure. You see, Paul was stripped of his flesh, of his pride, of his arrogance. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to beat me up, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing, Paul, Brother Tiny, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And if anybody should have got a, all right, yeah. I mean, you you do a lot for me, Paul. But no, he said, no, I'm not going to take it from you. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul later would catch this, and this is when he's given this testimony. He finally called it. This is where I, when I'm strong is when I'm weak, when I'm totally dependent on Him. And it's not by my might. It's by His power, by His might. And I'm completely dependent upon Him. I have all these PhDs. I've have, I have all these degrees. And I, I'm, very, I'm very wise. I don't just know the Scripture Paul's saying. I know all these other books. I can go into this city, into that city, and preach right out of their philosophy books. Christ. Because I know what those books said. That's how smart Paul was. But Paul said, no, 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 no. 
No, I don't want to be exalted above measure. I am what I am. You see, I've, God took me through some things. I had to go deep into the water, and I've got alone with God, and it was lonely. I'm I'm, I'm here because God I was willing to allow God to take me deeper because I'm here to tell you if you allow God he'll take you as far as you want to go when you read in the book of 47 the guy he he wants to go back to the shore really but if you read it he's saying it's far it's too much to pass over but if he'd have stayed (laughs) God had just kept taking him as far as he wanted to go amen Praise God, and I want to have that faith to allow God to take me as far as he wants to take me. And believe me, you're not going to get there. You'll die or the rapture will take place for you'll get there. But God will just keep pushing you. He'll just keep tugging on you. And I want to, I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. I, I don't know how long I can fast. I hear these guys talking about it, and I, I want to. I'd like to, but I, I, I don't know how long, but I I do plan on trying to go a little further with my fast. I want to go a little further. I want to go a little deeper in prayer. I want to say I prayed all night. I want to say I prayed all day into the wee hours of the morning. That's why I have no voice. I want to say that. Amen? I don't want to, I want to pray here in 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 the service till midnight praying people through to the altar or to the Holy Ghost. I want some of those services. I'm not satisfied with being on the mountain. I'm not satisfied with just being average. I don't want average. I don't want normal. Praise God. I want dead flesh. God wants to take us to a place by Him that only we can experience with Him. We can't even share it. There's some things you went through with God you can't even share to your spouse, right? And that's what God wants to do. He wants to be in, He wants some in, be intimate with just you and him. There's some details that only only we can know because there's some things that are buried inside of us that only death can bring out. Only darkness can bring these things to the surface. My goodness, only fasting can bring some of these things. Biblical fasting. Praise God. Only darkness can bring these things to the surface. These things can't come out on mountaintops. It takes a valley to bring them out. And it's in these seasons that these things will begin to make their exit out of your life. The deeper you go, there will be some things that you never knew that were there that will emerge from the depths of your spirit. Because there's a place by God that will put a worship in you that will have you, Brother Williams, dancing on this side of the Red Sea. And that's what we need. We need some worshipers that will dance on this side of victory, that will dance on this side of the, of, the, of the storm. Hallelujah. We need somebody, that, I said this before, that will praise Him and worship Him on credit. He hadn't brought me through it yet. He hadn't delivered me from it yet, but I'm going to worship him anyway. I got a little pep in my step anyway. I'm not healed yet, but I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to dance anyway. I'm going to believe I'm healed anyway. And if he don't heal me in this life, I'm going there and I'm going to have a new body. I'm going to have a new mind. Hallelujah. I'm going to have a crown of glory. Praise God. But I'm going to give him everything I have. As long as I draw breath, I'm not going to give up. I don't want little. I want a lot. I don't want shallow. I want deep. I don't want mountaintops. I want valleys. 
Praise God. That's where he is. I want to be where he is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. We need some storm chasers. We need some storm worshipers. Hallelujah. You may go out empty, but you'll come home full. You may go out weary, but you're going to come home in victory. Weeping may endure all night, but I'm here to tell you morning's coming. And when the morning comes, joy's coming. Praise God. Just hold on, saint of God. It's coming. He's calling Hatch Ben. Many, many, all the preachers lined up pretty much with this. Brother Boyd, he's calling us deeper. This church, elder, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you can't resign yet. You can't retire yet. Huh? I know. You're still here. Amen. I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful we're able to stand on your shoulders, but I'm, I, I'm, I've got some news for you. We still need to stand on those shoulders. You can't get us off yet. <laughs> You're still here. We still need your shoulders. Praise God. He's calling Hatchbin into deeper waters because he has a vision for this, for this church. He does. And, and this is what we're called to do. We're called to be saints. We're called to do whatever he's asking us to do. And sometimes that just don't feel good. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and of children and heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That, that, you don't get that inheritance for free. Praise God. But now listen to the next part of that verse. You can stop there, but whoa, don't stop there. That's not all the verse. If so be that we suffer with him. Don't stop with that error part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. If so be that you suffer with him, then you can, then you can get that. Praise God. I prayed three times, Paul said, that God would deliver me from this thorn. But God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. He said, I've got you covered. Paul, you don't need that. All you need is me. If you'll just lean on me, I've got you. I've got you covered. Amen. I've been reading a book lately about the, uh, I'm, I've got to hurry. I've got, but I've been reading a book lately. I was telling Sister Herndon about it. I think it was. A, and, and they didn't. They just, in 19, it was during the revival. So it was going over all across America, really. But they, you know, they were just learning what the scripture was saying and what it, what it meant. So they, they wouldn't ask for money. They would just go out and just believe God was just going to do it. And he did. Just like in the book of Acts, they sold everything. All their possessions. God didn't ask them to. They just did it. Same thing in, back in the turn of the century. They just went out. And they wouldn't accept no money. And they said somebody gave them a bunch of sardines. Or what did I say? Well, so was it sardines? Anyway, they ate this fish, and they didn't have no, no money for gas to put in the stove. So they had to eat it raw every night. But God supplied their need, and they were happy about it. I, I don't think I could do that now. I would complain to God. I would gripe about it, but they were glad. They were glad. Amen. Praise God. He's, he's been so merciful. He said, my, sufficient, uh, my grace is sufficient for thee. I'm all your need. Every time we lost our way, every drink, every lie, 
every sin you wish you could erase, every time you failed God, every time you lost your temper, chief, every time you broke your promise to God, he was merciful. He paid a debt he didn't owe, and I owe a debt I can't pay. So he demands I be merciful to others. Hallelujah. He, he demands that I be pure in heart. He demands that I be poor in spirit. He, he demands that I be meek and lowly. He demands that I mourn the loss. He demands that I mourn the brokenhearted. Amen. Because he paid a debt that he didn't owe. And I owed that debt. We should have been on that cross, but we couldn't. Hallelujah. We couldn't have bore that. But he bore our sins. And that's what he's asking us to do. Praise God. Asking us to be, be saints. He died on a cross and paid the price for our sins where mercy met purity. This way of living can only come about by prayer and fasting and being full of the Holy Ghost. Saints were called to pray and fast. And I wholeheartedly believe the only way we see a last day revival here in our town in Hatchbend will only come by way of prayer and fasting. That service we felt Sunday that wasn't just our prayers. That was prayers of saints that went on before us. Amen. It, it, uh, let me just let me let me. Just, revival's not a gift. Revi- revival's not a gift from God. He just don't throw it on you. It's a response. Revival is a response. That's why you see certain ones getting a revival and some are not because he hadn't. Resp- I don't, you know, it's not a gift that he just poured out on everybody. Each church, he'll respond to what they're given. And I'm, I'm believing that Hatchbin is willing to go a little further and a little deeper. Praise God. He's coming. And he wants us to be ready. In the church world, just before the turn of the 20th century, minister and layman alike were impressed that that the dawning of the new century would be accompanied by something significant. Everyone was stirred. I mean, it was, it was something. Everyone felt that something strange would take place. People all across would stay up till midnight looking up in the skies, waiting for some extraordinary phenomenon to take place. The late Ethel Goss, the wife of the late Howard Goss, who Ethel Goss said was a walking encyclopedia of the Pentecostal movement. He had been in the movement since 1903, uh, Howard Goss had. Ethel Goss gives a story, and she remembers when she was home with her parents at the turn of the century, as, uh, uh, especially her mother, who was a staunch Christian, and, they, and how they waited with anticipation for something to happen that night, New Year's Eve. And they thought the heavens just might open up and just anything could take place. And they were wondering. A few minutes passed after midnight and nothing happened. But Ethel Goss, she must have been a teenager. She said her mother, she heard her mother say in a low tone, she said, we shall hear of this. Nothing might not have happened here. We may not have seen anything happen. But we're going to hear of this because God has done something somewhere. 
And indeed, God had done something. It was in a large room. They were in this place called the Old Stone Mansion. And there were people that had been there for three weeks praying. Students of Charles Fox Parham. These young people were there with one purpose. They had been waiting and praying, believing, not knowing what to expect. Parham had told them to pray and search the scriptures for understanding of what the plan of salvation was. Three weeks they prayed. And then it's New Year's night. Eleven. Eleven thirty. Eleven forty-five. They're still praying. Midnight. Then all of a sudden, a woman began to quiver slightly, and they came. And there came from her lips utterances. The story is that they saw a blue flame just hovering over her head. As she spoke in tongues, truly God had done something. But it shall come to pass that it yet evening, that at evening time it shall be light. <laughs> something had happened because saints of God were willing to go a little deeper and stay a little longer. I mean, three weeks is a long time. I mean, with no answer, no response. They didn't even know what they were what to expect. He told them we got to find out what, what it means to be saved. So y'all go in the scriptures and pray and search them and find out. And they were there for three weeks. Praise God. The music can come. The woman who had received the Holy Ghost, was, her name was Agnes Osmond. And for the next three days, she could speak nothing but Chinese. Herself was not a Chinese person. This is what the saints of God are called to do. Many in that area, era, by, by the way, spoke in different languages um, for days, Brother Allen. They would, Brother Howard, God said, I think he said he went, he went seven days speaking in tongues. That's the only language he could speak. He could not speak English. He tried to preach. He tried to talk to people. They would be getting on trains and going from one city to the next, and he'd be trying to get people off the train, off and on the train. He couldn't speak nothing but in tongues for seven days. Many during that era couldn't speak nothing but but in tongues for, for quite some time. I'm here to tell you, we have to pray without ceasing. We have to get a hunger inside of us that, that wants our prodigals to come home that really wants our prodigals to come home in such a way that we are willing to pray and ask God. Don't just take off on, in three weeks, go somewhere and stay in a prayer room. I, I don't think anybody should fast or do anything of that nature without seeking God. Let God lead that. So, But I think we should be uh, intentional about praying about what we need to be doing. Amen. We, what, what do you want from me as an, indiv- as an individual, Lord? A fast. You call the fast. How long? How long do, do I need to stay in prayer during my day, in my, in my, during the, each day? Ask God about these things. And God will deal with you and He'll stir in you and He'll prick you. And I'm here to tell you, let me warn you, God will take you a little further, like I said earlier, than you thought. You, you think in an hour. God might be thinking three hours. Amen. You can stand. 
You know, when Jesus told the disciples to launch out into the deep, I mentioned earlier also that they were mending their nets because their nets were breaking. And the reason that their nets were breaking is because they were casting in shallow water and the nets would drag the bottom and just tear the nets up. We need to cast out into the deep because that's, that's where the harvest is. Peter was right. There was no fish in the shallow waters. He, he wasn't mistaken about that. But it, they were all over in the deep. And that's where the lost is. They're out in the deep. Praise God. And God wants us to cast out into the deep waters. Amen. Let's, let's worship God. Praise God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.